often do you want good things? And you, you can answer out loud. Always. I mean, you already know how this is about to work. All right. How often do you want to come out on top? Always. Always. I mean, in life, you always want to make sure that I, how, how often do you want dessert? Let me hear it. Always. Always. That's right. I mean, <laughs> mm, I love these people. How, how, often, how often do you want to be loved? Always. Always. We always want to be loved. One more. How often do you want peace in your life? Always. Always. You, we, all, we want these things always. And, and there's only one way to get these things. Now, dessert may or may not be part of that. But one way these things happen, and that is if Jesus is in your life. Um, the, the last thing that Jesus said before he left was, uh, I am with you always. He, his, his intention, his plan is to be with us always, and he will be with us always. This truth can cause me and you to come to life. We've been looking at Psalm 23. I wasn't yours. Well, <clears throat> another technical difficulty <laughs> on my part. So we've been looking at the 23rd Psalm in the Bible to see what it looks like to have Jesus with us always. Um, the, the analogy of this chapter in the Bible is, it, think of it this way, it's a, a good shepherd always taking care of his sheep. So uh, here on the last Sunday of this, this series, message series, we're going to read the entire chapter. It's really, really, really long, so just hold on, hold on to your seats for a second. <laughs> Six verses. Here we go. The Lord is my shepherd. He gives me everything I need. He lets me lie down in fields of green grass. He leads me beside quiet waters. He renews my life. He leads me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Well, today we're going to be looking at the last verse in this psalm. The first part of it is, surely, goodness and mercy will pursue me all the days of my life. Now, this is kind of a summary of the entire psalm. The whole psalm is talking in general, you could say, about the goodness and the mercy of God. Now, we want to break it down, though, this morning and look at it real carefully. First off, that word goodness. In this context, goodness is talking about God's blessings in our lives and the fact that his blessings to us are good, and they also reflect his goodness. So his goodness Pursuing us all the days of our life is both to bless us and to display how awesome God is. And then that word mercy. Mercy is undeserved, unconditional love. God loves you, period. Notice that there's no obligation on your part in there. He just loves you. Well, that's mercy. God will always be patient, kind, and forgiving towards us, always. And then what are mercy and goodness going to do? It's the verse says, it will pursue. Mercy and goodness is going to pursue us. Just like a good shepherd chase a sheep when they get off the path and are heading the wrong way, God's goodness and mercy are going to chase after you and me all the days of our life. That's the heart of our God. God never gives up on us no matter what. So whatever situation you might be in, even if you're in just a horrible crisis, 
no matter what happens, goodness and mercy are present. Somewhere, somehow in your life, the goodness and the mercy of God are present. No matter the problems, the challenges, the crises, even your own mistakes, even your sin, even when you sin and disobey God and do what you know is wrong, but you do it anyway, God's goodness and mercy are still going to be there. Here's a verse on just goodness. Let's look at this. Romans 8, 28. So we are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan of bringing good into our lives. God's perfect plan is to bring good into your life and into my life. Every detail we see here, every detail, God's putting it all together, kind of like a great cook, you know, putting in all the ingredients. Here are the pictures of somebody weaving fabric. So every detail, I mean, just think about that. Everything? What if you have a really horrible, bad boss? Can God work that into good in your life? How about a grumpy spouse? How about money troubles? How about rebellious kids? On and on and on. Can God work all of those for good? Yes, yes, yes. He can work every detail for never ends. His it's about mercy. The Lord's love never ends. His mercies never stop. They are new every morning. Lord, your loyalty is great. God's love is never ending. The mercy of God will always be flowing towards us. And I love the second half of the phrase. They are new every morning. God's mercies, his love, his uh, just his presence with us, his forgiveness, his patience with us every morning. What if you had a bad day yesterday? Could his mercy still be there for you this morning? Absolutely. As a matter of fact, it was with you in the bad day, but God's mercies are new and fresh for us every day. Now, in keeping with this metaphor of sheep and shepherd, Jesus talked about himself as being a shepherd of his sheep, of course, referring to us. Look what Jesus said in the Gospel of John, chapter 10. I am the good shepherd who lays down my life as a sacrifice for the sheep. So, when it comes to a shepherd taking care of real sheep, he'll do anything to protect them, even risk his life. His life. He'll, he'll fight mountain lions or wolves to protect his sheep and risk his life. Well, Jesus is saying, I'm not just going to risk my life. I'm going to lay it down. I'm going to give up my life for you. I'm going to die on a cross so the sins of the world can be forgiven. That's what Jesus did for us. Well, if Jesus went that far with goodness and mercy to die for your sin and for mine. Is there anything he wouldn't do? I don't think so. I don't think so. The God who died on the cross for you loves you so much he's committed to do whatever you need to do. There just ain't nothing Jesus wouldn't do to show us his goodness and his mercy. So let's, let's look at that again. Surely goodness and mercy will pursue me all the days of my life. Um, this is a statement. Uh, the guy writing this, it's a statement of his confidence in God's goodness and mercy. He said, surely it's going to happen. It will follow me. Uh, the, there's, there's not a doubt. There's not a situation in which it won't. It will. Uh, it's kind of, he, I kind of picture him thinking, well, I may be challenged right now. Some of the things Ed mentioned, I may, I, it may be going on, but God's goodness and mercy are going to show up. Now, it, Thinking along those same lines, there's an accurate way to process this, and then there's an inaccurate way. I maybe even should say there's, 
there's an, uh, an accurate way that we process it often, and that there are some inaccurate ways that we often apply this as well. So let's take a look at it. I want to separate them out so we can see them. Uh, first, let's look at the inaccurate way, the, the way that's not, not helpful to, to process this. It would, one would be this. I've done too much wrong. I know God, you know, goodness of God's going to come through, and there's, there's grace and mercy, and uh, I know that his goodness is there, but I've just done, I've done too much bad. I've made the wrong decisions too many times. I've spit in God's face over and over, and I'm not so sure that God's going to work things out for me. I'm just going to try to make it through, and I'll suffer. I'm just going to suffer. I'm going to suffer the rest of my life. Well, okay, that's, that's, that's a wrong way to process this. Okay, if God's goodness and mercy are going to show up, if he said it, it's there. So the other, the other way is kind of almost the, the other end of the spectrum. It would be something like, well, I read the scripture. God's goodness and mercy are going to follow me all the days of my life. And what Ed read, God's going to work everything out for good. So that means that I, I can just, God's going to snap his fingers. And anytime I do anything wrong, God's just going to take care of it. I'm not going to have to pay for any consequences. I'm not going to have to change. I, I just do whatever I want, and God's going to fix it because he works everything out for good. Well, that's another inaccurate, unhealthy, incorrect, not true way to look at this. What it does, it takes away, that looks, takes away our responsibility in our lives. I can do whatever I want. God's just going to work it out. Well, no. No, it doesn't, it doesn't work that way either. So let's look at the accurate way. And what the, the best way we're going to look at this is through a story in the Bible, something that Jesus himself was part of. And this is a, a great picture of the goodness and mercy of God happening. It's, it's a great picture of God working things out for someone. And here's the story. I'm going to give you the, the story leading up to what we're about to read. Um, there is a, a, a man and a woman, and they are... They're not living life right. They're not married. They're sleeping together. And in that culture, in that culture, if you got caught, they called this adultery. And if you got caught doing that, the legal thing to happen to you was you would be stoned to death. That was the punishment. It was a crime, and that's, that's how it went down. People would pick up stones, take you out, I don't know where exactly, and they would throw rocks at you until you died. That is a horrible, awful death. Okay, so this has happened. In this story, this is what's happened. And we, we, we don't see what happened to the guy here. Maybe he was already dead. I don't know. But what we see in this story is these guys, the, the religious leaders of that day, had a hold of a lady who they, this was going on in her life. They caught it, and they're dragging her down the road, and they're about to kill her in front of everybody. She has messed up. She's broken the law. She knew it. She did it. It was wrong, and she's about to pay brutally for it. So here's what happened. Jesus has grace and mercy and goodness, and he steps in. And as a matter of fact, he kind of gets in the middle of the whole scene, and he says, um, okay, they, they had by every right to kill her. And he said, but which of you that are about to throw these stones at her, which of you have never done anything worthy of being stoned to death? Which of you have never messed up and gone the wrong way? How, how many of you out here are, he's talking, not you, but talking to those guys or the people, how many of you are perfect? And one by one, oh, wait, no, there's more. After he asked that, Jesus knelt down and 
in the sand, in the dirt, he began to write things. Now, we don't know what that was. We have no, I, w- I, mean, I so wish there would have been a picture of it, but there wasn't. So this is speculation on my part, but I could kind of see it going this way. Um, um, John, you did this. And Margaret, you did this. And, and oh, yeah, and you did this, and this is what you did this. And one by one, as Jesus was writing in the dirt, whatever it is he was writing, don't, we really don't know, they began to drop the stones. They turned around. They walked away. After everybody had walked away, Jesus had a little conversation with this lady, and that's where we're going to pick the story up, John chapter 8. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. She's like, they're all gone. Uh, They've left. And Jesus said this, I don't condemn you either. I'm not going to throw rocks at you. I'm not going to destroy you. Go and sin no more. the, the, The goodness and mercy of God stepped in and saved this lady's life. And he showed her love and compassion. Her situation, as bleak as it was, actually got turned around for good. And he's like, you can go on in your life. Go and sin no more. Now, Jesus was constant in sticking with truth and purity here and in her responsibility. Hey, you're responsible. I've, I've taken care of this. I have saved you. Now, you're responsible to go and change. And, and actually, his helping her empowered her to do the change because she wasn't going to be able to change without him. He gave her what, it, what she needed to change in her life. He said, here's what you do. So he sent her on her way, and he stopped her from being killed, and uh, he pointed her to living God's way when he said, go and sin no more. Now, certainly, certainly, uh, she had to face some difficult decisions after that. She had to field some tough questions. She had to deal with other people, like having a problem with her, because you know not everybody was there, but everybody probably knew what was going on, but she was empowered through Jesus's goodness and mercy to move forward in her life, make the changes that need to be changed. And this is what God wants to do in our lives. Uh, whatever it is that you're experiencing, wherever, if you, especially if you're the, the perpetrator of going down the wrong way, God really will show you goodness and mercy. He really can work it out. There is a responsibility on our side. He does expect us to say, okay, I'm going to follow God's way now. He points us to living his way as we move forward towards his plan for our lives. Well, in this psalm, we've talked a lot about sheep and shepherding and, and, and applied it to our lives. Well, one more thing about sheep today. Did you know that sheep can actually improve the pasture that they are living in. They can actually improve their environment. There's a couple ways they do this. Number one, they will eat almost every kind of weed that there is. We already talked about the good shepherd goes and pulls out the poisonous ones, but they'll eat up weeds that are choking out the growth of the grass, and so they're doing the pasture good like that. Also, they fertilize it really well. I got what? I was wondering how quick that, I see the smiles. Yeah, I even read, I even Googled it. Can you believe I Googled sheep poop? Anyway, uh, it can be better than cow manure. So they actually fertilize the pasture that they're living in. Well, just like sheep can improve their surroundings, 
God wants to use you to improve your surroundings. The goodness and mercy that we receive, what God does in my life can be a blessing to other people. That, that's what's cool. It's, it's like God's goodness and mercy flows into my life, and I'm blessed, and then it flows out to bless others. Here's a scripture in the New Testament on this subject. Through our yielded lives, he spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere we go. Paul was writing the folks in the city of Corinth and said, guys, as, as you let God work in your life and you yield to him, people see it. People see the activity of God on your life, and, and it makes them hungry for it. They, they want that. Here's an example of what this might look like for us today. Say you're at a party, and a friend walks up, and he remarks, he goes, no. he, he says, you know, I've been watching you and your wife, and y'all just treat each other so well. Y'all, y'all are so respectful and kind, and I'm guessing y'all got a great marriage. And you say, well, you know, we're trying to do marriage God's way, and it really is awesome. We're not perfect, but it, it really is good to do it God's way. And then the friend says, really? Well, tell me a little more about that. And there's an open door. You get to share the goodness and mercy of God in your life, and specifically in this case, in your marriage, and it can be a blessing and a help and encouragement to other people. All right, now for the rest of the psalm. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. I will live. It doesn't say I will survive. I'll scrape by. I won't starve to death. No, I'm going to live. It's a really strong verb. Uh, a better verb could be thrive. I will live with force. I will live with energy, with power in my life. Here's how God feels about your life, what he wants for your life. Jeremiah chapter 29. This is God speaking through a prophet. And here's what God says. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. So God's plans for you are good and to give you a future and a hope. That's his plan. That's what he wants. And then the, the uh, verse there said, I will live in the house of the Lord. Let's break that down. The house of the Lord in the Old Testament was a reference to a huge church. You could say they built. It's called the temple, but basically it was their church, and it was in the uh, capital city of Israel in Jerusalem, and they would go for festivals. Thousands and thousands of people would go, and they'd worship, and there was a special presence of God there in that place as his people came together. So that's the Old Testament. In the New Testament of the Bible, we find a great scripture about the house of God. Look at this. 1 Corinthians 3.16. Do you not know that you are a house of God and that the Holy Spirit lives in you? You are the house of God. If you're a follower of Jesus, if you said, yes, come into my life, forgive my sin, be my best friend, here I am, I'm all in, God. If that's you, you've had that exchange with God, he literally lives in you. You're the temple of the Holy Spirit. You're the house of God. We contain the Holy Spirit. So we've been saying over and over how God is always with us and all the ramifications of that in this series. Well, we want to say that God is always with us because he lives in us. On one hand, God is everywhere. He's omnipresent in the whole universe, but he's also present inside of you if you're a follower of Jesus. The great, all-knowing, powerful, creator God, holy, everything you can think about God lives in you. That's just a sobering thought to me. I don't know about you. I'm like, whoa, that's, that's a, 
It's amazing, and it's also a little scary, right? Well, let's look at the very last word now in Psalm 23, the very last word. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Forever. Think about forever. Eternity. We're going to be in God's presence. He's going to always be with us forever and ever and ever and ever. I want to end our study here by looking at a picture of what forever looks like. Okay, so we're going to pull out just a, a, a paragraph, a short paragraph from the book of Revelation. And this is a picture of our eternal destiny, of our forever with God. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes, every tear you've cried. And there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. That's your eternal destiny in God. That's where, that is how you will live in the house of the Lord forever. That's your destination, a whole nother plane of existence than what we've known here on earth. You know, if you're at a place in your life that you're ready to make that exchange with God, well, you could today enter eternity by saying yes to Jesus who loves you, he's committed to you, and he will always be with you. So we want to look at some practical things we can do with what we've, we've said. And I want to start here with, with number one. These steps are in your notes or on the app. You can certainly follow along. Ask God to show you. God, show me your goodness and mercy in my situation. Um, we are very well aware uh, and have experienced it plenty of times. I have, Ed has, I'm sure everybody in here has. Like, God, um, I'm hearing this. When you say your goodness and mercy are there forever and you're always going to work out everything for good, well, I can't find an ounce of good in what's happening. Uh, where, where the heck is good in this um, because of X, Y, Z, and this has happened. I've gone here. I can't see good anywhere. Well, I've been there and said, God, you got to show me. Help me to find, show me where this goodness is. And we're 100% confident in saying, he'll show you. And 100% confident in saying, it's there. We just haven't recognized it yet sometimes. God will show you his goodness and mercy in whatever your situation is no matter how extreme it might feel or how extreme it might be, he's going to show you. The second thing is this. Share some goodness and mercy with somebody else. Share it. Tell people when God gives you, when he shows you his goodness and mercy, when, when he works things out for you, say, tell people about it. Um, it. It's up to you to share it and, and say, hey, God did this for me. It's okay to just be excited and tell people. Man, things were going wrong, and look what happened. And God, or God showed me this is where the goodness is in this. Share it with people. They need to know because I know that everybody walks into church on Sunday morning or we go to work and we pretend like everything's fine. We pretend, I got it together. I'm good. You know, I, I got it. And then nobody's got it together, and nobody is always good. We've all got stuff that we're thinking, God, I need some goodness and mercy today. I mean, probably almost every day of our life. Share it when you get the chance, because somebody else 
needs to know that God's there for them too. Share it. Number three, start your eternity with God today. Uh, you, you, may, you may be in this spot already. You may say, I've, I have. I've connected. I've made Jesus the Lord of my life. I'm wanting to follow him and let him take. So you might be there. And if you are fantastic, you also might be in the spot where, you know, I, I'm realizing that that's what I want. I've never really said, God, I want you to take charge. I want you to take me where I need to go. So if you're in the spot where you want to start eternity today, I want to, um, I'm going to ask you to do something we don't, I don't normally do. I'm going to ask everybody in here, close your eyes with me for a second. Nobody's going to come by and tase you or thump you in the ear. So just, you're safe. When you really want to start following Jesus, the good shepherd, you can put a stake in the ground today. You can make this a moment in the history of your life by praying this. Jesus, I want to follow you from this point on. Please come into my life. Forgive me for my wrongs. Take me where you want me to go. Thank you for giving your life to save me. And if that's where you are and that's what you're wanting to do, just latch on to that today. Make that the prayer of your heart. God, we pray that you would touch and that you would pull people into you this morning. Now, if that was you, you guys can look up. If, that, if you're in that spot and you're like, I'm starting my eternity. Today's the day I'm deciding it starts from here on out. My, my future changes. I'm going to go and, and sin no more. I'm going to take the mercy and goodness God's given me. And now I'm going to move forward and live life God's way. Uh, we want you to, to grab that little, there's a green card in those seats. And that I've decided is what you see on the top there. Grab it, fill it out. And there's, you can drop it in the, the little baskets or the boxes on the, in the back wall. We're going to just reach out to you and say, hey, congratulations. And here's the next steps you can take to help continue that journey. Now, if we do these things and put these things into action in our lives, everything we've talked about, one, two, three, everything for this whole series, you're going to see and experience God's goodness and mercy more than you probably ever have in your life. It's been there, but you're going to experience it and see it more. Um, we want to end today with reading the entire psalm one more time. So y'all just follow along as we, we, as we read it and as you let it sink in one more time. The Lord is my shepherd. He gives me everything I need. He lets me lie down in fields of green grass. He leads me beside quiet waters. He renews my life. He leads me along the right paths for his name's sake, even though I walk through the darkest valley. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. This Psalm 23 is for me and you today. Um, we can apply this, grab hold of it for our lives. Um, this is an amazing passage of Scripture that we find in the Bible that can quite literally change the direction of your life because you're grabbing hold of a good shepherd. Now, we want to ask you guys to stand up with us. We want to remind you of one, Jesus is with you always. And take that with you as you leave today. And, and on your way out, we want to remind you of a couple things. Uh, the first one is this, that we're going to have 
people ready and willing to pray for you personally if you need prayer for something today. They will take the time to reach out, pray with you about anything that, that you may have going on in your life. They, they're here for you. So that'll happen right up here on, on the side of the, of the stage as we head out today. The second thing is on your way out, re- remember to give and, and uh, thank you again for your generosity. Let's pray together before we head out. Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for each and every person in here this morning. and We thank you that you are with us always. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy and the, and the empowerment and the direction that you give us to move forward with you in life. As we go about our day and go about our week, I pray that you would lead us and guide us, Holy Spirit. Take us where you want us to go. Help us every day to apply Psalm 23 and grab hold of it for our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you guys. We're so glad that you came today. Bring a, you know what? Come back next week and bring a friend. We will see you soon.